0: This is episode 176 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, Four Simple Methods to Preserve Eggs for the Long Term, and Bugging In, These Smart Water Solutions Will Save Your Life. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, received a comment uh, today from Barbara. She said, I also live in Texas and have been wondering what I can put in a vehicle kit, specifically food and water, that won't get damaged by our heat. Um, Barbara, I totally understand what you are saying. And so my recommendation is that you do not keep food and water in your, in your vehicle. Or if you do, uh, it is something that you can change out on a regular basis. Um, because I just don't think it's a good idea with, with the way that our, uh, how hot it gets in Texas. And it, of course it depends on where exactly you are, but, um, with how hot it gets and then inside of a, a vehicle, you know. A closed up vehicle you know that it's gonna be a lot hotter than that uh, what I would recommend if you wanted to do something along those lines is uh, make sure you keep your kit I mean you have your you have your vehicle kit and all your stuff in there but anything that like food or water you keep in a separate uh, you know in a separate bag maybe in a separate backpack or something along those lines. And so something that you would, if you were going to work, you would take that little bag with you inside. Or uh, if you were traveling out uh, throughout the day, um, if you were just running to errands or running to the store, I think that would be okay. But uh, if you were you know, going to be anywhere for extended lengths of time, you could take that with you. Now, of course, you're going to be uh, limited to the amount of uh, food and water that you can carry in a bag like that uh but i think th- th- that's the best bet that you would have um you know in, instead of just leaving it in there and then uh you know if you had something uh bottles of water uh where you know you had pla- you know plastic bottles of water i think that wouldn't be a very good idea and then any food that you had would uh, easily uh degrade very quickly in all that heat so i think that's your best bet there is to have uh, your vehicle kit so you have your stuff in there but then you have a separate bag that you take with you take in and out of the car uh, for whatever reason now I mean if you had if you're up north in the panhandle you have a little bit more moderate temperatures uh, you might be a little better be better off of course there are some times in, in uh, temper you know we in, in Texas where the heat is a little bit more moderate you might be okay on on some of those occasions But definitely, when it gets hot and uh, you know it's hot inside of your vehicle, I I would not carry uh, food and water. One of the things that you might want to have in there is maybe a way to preserve—not preserve—a way to uh, filter water, Uh, and so you might want to have something like that uh, as part of your kit that you can carry around in there, or something uh, you know maybe some some uh, uh, tabs. Tablets that you can carry with you in that little kit that you would take in and out, uh, something like that uh, would be. But that's that would be my advice there. If anybody has any other advice that they'd like to, uh, that they they think might be helpful for someone who lives in a hot climate uh, for leaving food and water in your vehicle, uh, please come over to episode. You can come over to episode 175 where Barbara left hers, or come over to episode 176 and leave a comment, and uh, I will uh, read that on the air. All right, so uh, thanks, Barbara, for that comment. I hope I helped you out there just a little bit. Uh, It might not be exactly what you want to hear, but uh, I think that's going to be your best bet. Our first article comes to us from PreppersWill.com, and uh, the article is entitled Four Simple Methods to Preserve Eggs for the Long Term. Uh, And so I want to go ahead and get right into this one. My family loves fresh eggs during the winter and I've learned how to preserve our farm fresh eggs to last for many months. During our first winter at our off-grid homestead, eggs were scarce and we had to buy from the store. If you raise chickens you know how different the taste of store bought eggs is and you've probably not, uh, you're not as fond of eating them. The next year I learned to plan ahead and I've looked for ways to preserve eggs for the winter. Freezing eggs is a common method but you need to have electricity for it to work. I don't run the freezer unless we have to. We manage to adapt our lifestyle without the extensive use of such appliance, and it helps us save money. I had to figure out other ways to preserve eggs, and I must tell you, not everything I read online worked. After many failed attempts, I asked my neighbors for help. They suggested four methods to keep eggs for up to eight months, the last one being the most surprising one. I've learned how to make them work, and now we keep our eggs ready for the long winters. You too can preserve eggs long-term without worrying about your family getting sick. If you live off the grid or if, you sh- uh, or if you're short on refrigerator space, I recommend giving this a try. These methods are easy to follow and won't affect your monthly budget. Egg Preservation Techniques Number 1. How to Preserve Eggs Using Mineral Oil You can prevent eggs from going bad through oiling, but you must make sure the eggs are not washed with water before trying this. To properly oil your eggs, they must be kept at room temperatures, 50-70 to degrees Fahrenheit, and they must be dry. You should use a pair of plastic gloves and keep a clean working area to avoid contaminating your eggs with bacteria. Heat a quarter cup of mineral oil for 10 seconds in the microwave. Set your eggs aside on a plate so you can pick them easily and dab a little bit of mineral oil on your hands. Pick up an egg and run your hands all over it so that every part is covered with mineral oil. Once you are done, put it in an egg carton and store it in a cool dry place. You can also use cooking oil or fat to preserve eggs, although I've noticed that using mineral oil works better. However, if you don't have any, just use cooking oil and follow these steps. Make sure your oil is free of bacteria and mold by heating it 180 degrees Fahrenheit for about 20 minutes. Once the oil has cooled, pour it into a dish and put the eggs in the dish. Do not use bare hands and use plastic gloves, a pair of tongs or a slotted spoon to maneuver the eggs. You can even use a cooking brush to make sure your eggs are properly oiled. Once you are done oiling the eggs, set them aside on a rack such as the ones used in candy making and let them drain for about 30 minutes. A quarter cup of oil should be enough for 4 to 6 dozen eggs, depending on the size of the eggs. You can buy it online or from the pharmacy section of every store. I also recommend flipping the eggs upside down once a month to maintain the integrity of the egg yolk. Flip the egg carton or storage container gently to avoid cracking the shell of your egg. If you notice a cracked egg, remove it immediately from the container or it will contaminate all eggs. Number two, how to preserve eggs using water glass. Water glass is also known as sodium silicate, which is basically a mix of potash and silica. My neighbors highly recommend this method and it works great. I've learned the hard way that you should use eggs that are less than 24 hours old. For this method to work you will need glass jars, one gallon each, one quart jar of water glass, and cooled boiled water. How to do it? Collect only the eggs that are less than 24 hours old and do not wash them. Place the eggs in glass jars. Mix one part water glass and nine parts of cooled boiled water. For the one gallon jar, you should use over a half gallon of this mixture, depending on how big the eggs are. Pour the mixture over the eggs until they are covered by two inches. Now add more clean eggs and keep pouring water glass as needed to keep the liquid two inches above the eggs. When there's no more room in the jar, put the lid on and store it in a cool dry place. You should turn the jar once or twice weekly. Make sure you handle the eggs properly when removing them from the jar as they are very slippery. I've also learned the hard way that you should pinprick the eggs before boiling them. This action will prevent them from exploding. This method doesn't have satisfactory results on store-bought eggs. Be careful when trying to preserve eggs you buy from unknown sources. Number 3. How to preserve eggs using salt This is a method I've learned from my grandmother and it's actually something the pioneers used to do. Since they didn't have mineral oil, they often used butter or lard to oil their eggs and keep them over winter. This method helped them keep the eggs good for months and prevent the hatching. Even more, they discovered that salt is a good sealant and can keep their eggs fresh for up to a year. To try this method, you will need a keg or large ceramic pot. Start by covering the bottom of your uh, recipient with half an inch of salt and place your eggs close together on the small end. The eggs should not touch one another so make sure you set them carefully. Now sprinkle salt over the eggs gently until you cover them entirely. Make sure you have one inch layer of salt covering the the eggs before placing more in the container. Repeat the process until the keg or pot is full and the cover is tight. Place the container in a cool dark place where it will not freeze. Your eggs should keep fresh for eight months or longer. The pioneers also used to replace salt with wood ash since it was available everywhere and wasn't expensive compared to salt. I haven't tried this method since many people told me the eggs would change their taste, ashy-like. Number 4. How to preserve eggs using a solution of lime In cookbooks from the 18th century, you will discover an an egg preservation method, which nowadays is not as popular as the first three, but has a 100% success rate. They used to preserve eggs in a solution of slacked lime with great results, as you can try this method as well. I find this a good way of reconnecting with the past and keeping the old homesteading skills alive. All you need is slacked lime. You need to go to a building supply store to get it, water in a keg or ceramic vessel. Ask for hydrated lime at the store just to make sure you don't get anything else. How to do it. Get a watertight vessel, a glass jar will work fine, and sprinkle a few ounces of lime on the bottom of the vessel. Fill up the glass jar with eggs before pouring anything in. Make a lime solution by mixing one quart of tap water with one ounce, about three tablespoons, of hydrated lime. Pour the solution over the top of your, e- I think it's top of your eggs, and make sure your eggs are fully covered. You will also need to prevent the solution from evaporating. You can close the jar using the lid or you can add a layer of oil if you're using a keg or a bigger vessel. That's how they used to do it back then. Store the vessel in a dark place and you should be able to keep your eggs for up to two years. If you can have fresh eggs in your house day in and day out because you have your own farm or because you have a friendly neighbor that provides you with these items in exchange for some of your supplies, You are one of the lucky ones. Regardless how you procure your fresh eggs, you should not rely only on your fridge to keep eggs fresh. Learning how to preserve eggs using the methods listed in this article should provide you with a good supply of eggs when times are tough and stores are closed. Um, There's a couple of uh, comments here um, that you can go read and go check those out. I do remember, um, I think, Preparedness Pro... If I remember uh, correctly, I think she was on Doomsday Preppers, and she used mineral oil, but she was using eggs from the store. So I don't know if, uh, according to this article, it, you know, it wouldn't work um, because you're you're not supposed to uh, rinse them off or anything. Uh, the reason being, I think somebody in the comment section said that um, once you do that, uh, because eggs are porous, once you once you wash them off, it takes that layer that, uh, that you know, the eggs are laid with, takes that off and then they become porous and they can start, uh, you know, the, the water will uh, allow it to, um, well, washing it off will allow the eggs to be porous and then it will start, you know, bringing in anything that, you, uh, that you're using. So, uh, but, you know, she was pretty, pretty adamant, if I remember correctly, on her videos that uh the mineral oil worked, and you know, she preserved her eggs for long periods of time, but uh something that you might want to check out, but all these other ways of preservation uh you know or food preservation are interesting, and especially the eggs and you wonder how did they you know how did the pioneers do it years ago? how did they even figure it out right how did they how did they take time to uh figure out that uh you know lime uh would work or salt would work? Uh, but they did, and uh they they um they were able to survive uh regardless of uh refrigeration and all that good stuff so um you know some good points here, things to think about, and of course, you always have that if you decide to do something like this just to to test it out uh, you always have that ability to uh uh float an egg right, or you put an egg in water, and if it floats it 's not any good if it sinks or if it stays on the bottom, then it is good. Uh, And so you always have that ability to test the eggs as well. So that's over at PreppersWill.com. And you learn something new every single day. There's a lot of uh, food preservation uh, techniques here that I did not know. So go check that out at PreppersWill.com. Our next article comes to us from Survivopedia.com. This uh, article is called Bugging In, These Smart Water Solutions Will Save Your Life. And so I, I think water is such a big deal. I think anytime that we can talk a little bit about water... And uh, using it, uh, I think it's important. There is. Uh, I'm going to point you to the comments as well. Actually, I'm going to read some of the one of the comments, or at least part of it, because, or one of them. I'm going to be part of one of them. Uh, I can talk tonight um, because it's one of the things that I have said in the past that I think would be very very helpful uh, if you are in a situation where you needed water and uh, ways to to get water. And so I I really wanted to kind of touch on that one. I was very surprised when I saw that. Uh, I believe it was one of the things that I put in my um, in my free e-course on living a more self-reliant life. And uh, so uh, I'm I'm glad that other people are thinking along those lines as well. So let's go ahead and read this one. Bugging in these smart water solutions will save your life. If hunkering down is your choice, either due to your living circumstances or simply to avoid the hordes on the highway your bug in bag should have all the essentials you need. Anything less will not only waste your time, space, and money but will pin your hopes to a fool's promise, endangering you and others too. And water is one of those issues that you just can't take easily when bugging in. You probably know that a single gallon of water weighs about 8 pounds and takes up quite a bit of space. If you're having problems keeping one to two gallons in your living space on a regular basis, you'll find it almost impossible to store enough water away for your long-term survival. This is just one of many reasons why you should only store away 5 to 10 gallons of water to get you started in a crisis and devote your prepping to smart management and finding ways to procure water. Pulling water from the air is one of the solutions and there are several ways you can do it. Let me just stop here. Um, I I think um, if you can store as much water as you can... I would not just store five to six gallons of water, so I am not going to uh, to agree with that statement right there. Uh, Again, the statement said this is just one of one of many reasons why you should only store away only store away five to ten gallons of water to get you through started in a crisis. And maybe they're talking about you know at at the very minimum, you know, uh, maybe when you're starting out prepping. And I know there's a lot of new people to prepping listening to the podcast. Um, but, you know, 5 to 10 gallons, I would not stay there at all. Um, that You just don't want to stay there. You need to have more than that. But uh, if you're starting out, if you only have a certain amount of space or whatever, and you're starting out, I can understand 5 to 10 gallons. But you, you definitely need to, uh, water is too important just to, uh, to uh, be at the minimum there. All right, continuing on. Once you pull the moisture from the air, you will still need to make sure it is fit for drinking and bathing. But all of these obstacles can be overcome with solutions that are small enough and easy enough to store in your bug-in bag. Keep reading to see how you solve the water problems when you're bugging in. 6 Ways to Make the Most Out of Your Water Even though there are actually thousands of gallons of water sitting in the air around you, actually converting the water vapor into usable water can take a bit of effort. You still need to know how to conserve water and recycle it as much as possible. If you have to fine-tune water production systems, you will have a bit more time to achieve that goal. Use dirty water and dosage for flushing the toilet. You might know already that the fastest and easiest way to cut back on toilet water usage is to gather water from other activities such as cooking and cleaning and then simply dump it down the toilet. On a day-to-day basis, you can also fill a half-gallon milk container with water, Cap it up and set it in the toilet tank. This will take up air, take up area that would normally be taken up by water that would be used for flushing the toilet, even though it isn't necessarily needed. You can add more milk jugs if you find that you want to reduce the amount of water used for flushing even more. I think it's important here uh, to remember that uh, you you have the the phrase. Uh, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. So some, that's one of the things you need to consider when you're talking about water uh, for your toilet. And then, um, you know, cooking, uh, using water when you're cooking, depending on what it is, uh, yeah, and cleaning, depending on what it is, um, you might not want to use that water for for the toilet. You might want to use that in other ways, um, you know, maybe in your garden, depending on how exactly you're, you're cleaning um but uh you know you definitely you're going to need something for that all right so uh smart cooking will save your save your water when preparing meals combine as many things as possible so that you do not have to waste water you can also reduce the amount of water used to cook many items by using lower cooking temperatures or other methods for example if you want to make spaghetti or macaroni try boiling just enough water to cover the pasta Thermos cooking also offers a number of ways to reduce both the amount of water used to cook food and also the energy required. Change your washing routine. When it comes to washing your hands and face, there are a number of ways to save water that don't necessarily rely on pre-moistened wipes or other stores that will run out. To begin, instead of turning on the tap and letting it run, pour water into a bowl instead. From there, dip your hands in the bowl and lather up. Once that is accomplished, take a towel or sponge to get the majority of the soap off your face. Follow up with some additional splashes of water to get the remainder of the soap off your face. From start to finish, you should only need about half a gallon versus two to five gallons for each minute that a faucet would be running. You can also use small bowls for brushing teeth and then a larger one for sponge baths. Don't cut off house cleaning. Contrary to popular belief, don't believe that all house cleaning will end in the post-crisis world. If you do not keep floors, walls, furniture, and other internal landscape parts clean, you will soon be in a disease-filled, hazardous environment. From that perspective, toilets and sinks will still require water for cleaning. In the case of toilets, you can use leftover water from cooking and other cleaning chores, just as you would for flushing the toilet. Grow food that doesn't rely much on water. If you are planning to bug in, then it makes sense that any food growing will occur indoors. First of all, switch to a low-water garden so you could grow your food with the minimum consumption of water. There are also a number of growing methods that reduce reliance on water to well, to well below that uh, you would use in a conventional outdoor garden, and also a container garden. This includes utilizing different potting arrangements and also tried-and-true ways to preserve moisture as much as possible. For example, just because your container garden is indoors, that doesn't mean you can't use plastic mul- mulches or other covers that will prevent water from evaporating back into the air. Okay, I don't understand what plastic mulch is, what they mean by their, by that, but I don't use plastic mulches. I don't exactly know what they're trying to say there, but uh, you don't probably want to grow or put plastic mulches in your, uh, in your garden containers or your vegetable containers um, so if, if I'm mistaken there or if that's something that uh, I've never heard of before, uh, someone please let me know. But yeah, uh, kind of keep plastic away from your uh, your vegetables and your plants and stuff. Uh, but definitely, um, I know that they're going to be talking about preventing evaporation here in just a minute. So uh, maybe it's along those ideas, maybe. I, I don't know. But if, I, if, if someone knows maybe something different than uh, what I'm considering here, uh, let me know uh on that one uh so the next one is prevent evaporation there are also a number of misting, misting techniques you can use when watering plants to ensure they get as much moisture as possible where it is actually needed for some species of plants this includes misting under the leaves since this is where the leaves is act, where the leaf is actually able to take in the most water if the outdoors are dry enough you will see tree leaves turn upside down so that those pores can take in the rain as quickly as possible. From that perspective if you mist under the leaves instead of on top, the plant will get more water and less will evaporate off the top areas that may have wax or some other natural coating to help prevent evaporation. How much water do you need daily? Before making any plans for pulling water from the air you need to know how much water you'll need per person. Under normal conditions, you can expect to use 80 to 100 gallons of water per day. Here are some rough estimates to go by based on routine needs in a survival situation. So there's a nice little graphic here you can go check out. Um, it has um, you know different reasons why you would need water like cooking, hydration, bathing, uh, personal care, house cleaning, sanitation, growing food. And then you have like routine life during a crisis and then they've made some n- notes over here that you can uh, read. So Uh, Yeah, go check out that graphic, uh, interesting graphic. The basic ways to pull water from the air or ground. There are many people interested in pulling water from the air or from brackish environments. Some of the most innovative methods are making use of wind turbines or with alternative blade forms. Even Even these systems tend to rely on condensers and coolants. They can still offer some useful insight. If you can design something based on these systems or integrate passive heating and cooling into the design, you will spend less money and have a system that will work in any emergency type. Remember that the ultimate survival water purifier and generator must have the following features. It must use as little energy as possible, it must be easy to build and maintain, must require a minimum of moving parts in order to reduce energy consumption and the need to replace parts must produce enough water on a daily basis for your needs, and must be portable or easy enough to move around in case you have to leave your current location or put the equipment in an area where it can gather more water. Condensation methods. These methods are designed to work when there is a sudden change in air temperature, which affects how much water vapor the air can hold. Typically, when temperatures drop, this will increase the odds of precipitation. There are many different ways to use condensation methods to retrieve water from outdoor settings. However, they may not yield as much water if any form indoor if any from indoor locations. Sorry. Regardless of the system that you use, the hours before sunrise are apt to yield the most water before they are the coolest hours of the day. Pulling water from the from the earth is actually fairly easy. Just dig a hole and place a bulb pot or cup in the center of the hole. Next, spread some plastic sheeting across. Make sure that the edges of the plastic are sealed off. Use a rock in the center of the plastic so that the lowest part of the plastic is aimed into the cup or bowl. At the ground temperature, As the ground temperature changes, water vapor will rise up and be trapped by the plastic. From there, the water droplets will roll down to the center point of the plastic and finally drop into the vessel waiting below. Depending on the moisture levels in the soil, you can collect as little as a cup or as much as several gallons of water in a single night. Water stills can also be very useful if you have used cooking water or other water that needs to be purified before it can be used for consumption and bathing. Basically, in these systems, the water may be in a bowl, cup, or even housed in the ground, as in the method listed above. For this version, the plastic tent will have an upward high point instead of a low point. As the sun or other heat source causes an increased temperature inside the tent, water vapors rise up and encounter the top of the tent. From there, water droplets adhere to the sides and then to waiting cups along the inner rings of the plastic. This water will or should be free of chemicals, heavy metals, bacteria, salts, and minerals. Therefore, not only can you use this system to produce fresh water, you can also use it as a final stage for purifying any water that may be on hand. As with other systems that use plastic, always make sure that the plastic remains clean and free of bacteria, mold, mildew, or other forms of soiling that can make the water unfit to drink. For long-term usage, you may prefer a glass tent, however this will weigh more and require additional support structures for daily needs. Once you start your indoor container garden, simply enclose the entire area in plastic. Basically, you will be creating an indoor greenhouse, and then make depressions in the roof that will point to cups or pots waiting below. This method is one of the most passive and easiest methods for gathering water from the air and will also help conserve overall moisture used for growing food. Desiccants. You probably know that silicon and table salt are two commonly available desiccants. If you are seeking to make water for consumption, bathing, or other purposes, then use salt as a desiccant in your system. If you look at some commercial atmospheric water generation systems, you will find that many different desiccants are used for this purpose. When choosing the chemicals, consider how much energy it will require to remove the chemical from the water, and also how much water yield you will get with each desiccant when compared to table salt. Air Pressurizers These systems are somewhat similar to a modern air conditioner in the sense that they blow air over cold coils in order to reduce the air temperature, which causes moisture to drop into into a waiting receptacle. While these systems can pull a good bit of water from the air, the coolants can be quite expensive as can the electricity required to run them. In a bug-in situation where you have limited power and resources, this system may not be a viable option. Even if you can purchase a miniature system that runs on batteries or solar power, it will not produce as much water as other methods. It may also be very noisy and break down sooner rather than later. Think in advance about how you can take advantage of new technologies and ideas to make your bug-in location more suitable from a food, water, and breathable air perspective. There are options open to you, and it only takes the will to experiment with new materials and concepts. To put up a comprehensive plan that would later save you and your family. All right, so um, always, always good when we can talk a little bit about water and get some ideas there. Um, you heard the um, uh, the ways to, uh, to use the, the distilling method there. Um, I want to go read that comment that I was talking about here because uh, I think this is something that uh, when we're when we're talking about water, this is something that really should be in everybody's plans. Um, you know if you have uh, uh, if you live in a home if you live in a home or a homestead or something along those lines, if you live in an apartment still is very possible to do um, but you know you would uh, y- people would know that you're doing it right uh, if you if you had to do it off of a balcony but anyway let's start reading this one this uh, comment it's the first comment that you find on this uh, on this article it says, I've been experimenting with this issue using a rain gauge, a gallon ice cream bucket, and using a 10x10 fibered plastic tarp to catch rain. I assumed that many actual rain catch areas would be 9 feet by 9 feet because I would use wood poles on three sides along a gentle slope in my backyard that would lead to 5 gallon buckets that I would dig dig a hole in my yard to place the bucket so that they could catch the rain dripping off the tarp. I calculated mathematically the square inches of my rain capture part of the tarp and then calculated the cubic inches of rain it could capture depending upon the rainfall on two different days that I was using my rain gauge. What I learned is that a one inch rain would produce 50 gallons of water that for a family of three adults would last at 1.5 gallons per person for about 11 days. 50 divided by 1.5 gallons divided by three people equals 11 days of water. It would also require about 10 5-gallon buckets and the sheet plastic, that which is less than $20. The buckets can be bought at a store. Food grade is best, though the bakery I work at charges $2.50 for used buckets that held frosting icing. One of the rains I measured offered 2 and five-eighths inches of rain. A second one, based on weather forecasts, predicted a 1.5-inch rain, but in my backyard I only got a third of an inch of rain. Catching free fall rain on clean sheet plastic, even if you let the rain, first, the rain first, the first rain minutes wash the air in the plastic is far healthier than catching rain from a roof downspout because that, then the rain washes over any bird poop on the roof and dead debris in your gutters, etc. But to use a downspout, you still need buckets and the more you have, the better. Here's my point to all of this. Catching rain is probably the easiest way to get fresh water accepting that even rain falling through air that is polluted will pick up some of those pollutants. If you are certain you are going to get a downpour you could give the rain 10 minutes to clean the air and then start catching rain. In an emergency though you might want to just save any water you can get. My area will usually have annually between 1-3 to months with no significant rain and sometimes during winter we will go for a month or longer with no snow. In fact, the rains that I measured came after a 12-week drought. Okay, so uh, I'm not going to go on. Actually, some of the things that he says here later on are some of the same things that I said in my uh, e-course. So what um, I think this is a great idea, and and I've talked about this before. So uh, I wouldn't be putting it on the ground and digging a a hole. So what I would do, for instance, if I was using uh, this in my backyard, I have fence. Uh, and so I would stretch out the tarp uh, and it, it would be, you know, it would be above the ground and I would use uh, ties. I would, you know, I have paracord, spools of paracord. It's very cheap. You can go buy it from CampingSurvival.com and uh, you can, uh, you know, attach this tarp uh, to lines that are coming off of your fence, right? Your fence, fence posts and stuff like that. And so it would be out there tarp catching water and you just uh, allow one end to dip down where you're allowed where you're uh, dipping down and pouring it into or it's running off into a bucket and you can use a five gallon bucket now i would not use just use have a whole bunch of or to have 10 five gallon buckets what i would do is probably have a couple of buckets and then as it, they filled up i would be pouring this into a big Uh, a bigger container so maybe you have a 50 gallon drum you can you can find those on Craigslist for really cheap Uh, maybe you have one of the 250 gallon uh, you know totes that you can uh, you can find and uh, you pour the water into that and uh, help to store it that way and then that way after it finishes raining you can dry it off and you can roll the tarp up and uh, keep it clean so the next time it rains you can uh, deploy it again and so I think that can be done, and you know, with anybody who has a yard, uh, you could choose to put some posts up and and use it that way. Um, if you're out in uh, the country on a homestead, that's easily to do. Uh, if you are in a, if you are in, a, in an apartment and you have a balcony, um, you could do this, uh, you know, by attaching a tarp to maybe two uh, long PVC pipes. Or maybe some, uh, two boards or whatever, and somehow sticking it out off your balcony to where when it rained, it would hit the tarp and then it would come down in, in a way that you could funnel it down into a bucket. And so, uh, that would be possible. Now, in a real SHTF situation, people would see that contraption out and would know that someone was there and, uh, you know, was, um, had a little bit of smarts catching water, right? But I think that would be an easy way. So when you're talking about, uh, using uh, using water that's coming off of your roof, like the the comment said, you are dealing with poop and the runoff, and it would be good to have a first flush. I think that's important to have. Uh, you know, the, if you're really serious about catching, using your rainwater, but uh, I think this that that is a, a very viable option there, and I think everybody should have a a decent sized tarp. Uh, You can buy one. I mean, go to Walmart, go to Amazon, go to, uh, you know, Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight's always running deals on those. And uh, get yourself a a decent tarp. Get a couple of them for redundancy. And uh, you can easily deploy this. Um, There's no reason why you couldn't do that. And so you could even, if you wanted to, you could start digging, you know, dig a little pond or something like that. And you could pour, you know, the extra runoff uh, there. And so uh, that I, I always thought that it was a good idea and something that people should do, and uh, you know pe- people should have a tarp just completely designated for that uh, tarp and, and you know, some paracord or some string or something to to string it up. So anyway, that's over at survivalpedia.com. Um, there are more comments than, than that uh, here, so that you might want to go uh, check uh, check those out. A couple more comments, and like I said, that first comment's a lot longer. I didn't read everything there so really good stuff you really need to be thinking about water water is a very very important thing to uh to have and you need to make sure that you have uh, multiple ways to collect and to purify filter water Uh, that needs to be one of your preps if you're new to prepping you're new to the podcast uh, you just kind of stumbled uh, across it uh, i mean that's one of my big recommendations on that is that uh, you need to have a a a way to Uh, have water for you and your family you can go a long time without eating but you can't go very long without water uh, definitely to in a survival situation all right guys hey if uh, you get a chance i'd love for you to share out this episode uh, or any of the episodes on the prepper website podcast we make it very easy for you you can go and uh, we have all the social media icons you can just click on that and and share it out very very easily i really do uh, appreciate when people get the word out there uh, for me um, it, it's always a blessing when i find out that people are coming from all the different places hey i also love to hear from you so if you get a chance like i said earlier come over to uh to the website theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and uh, leave me a comment in one of the episodes if you've listened or if you're listening to a back uh episode one that's uh you know back there uh, you drop it in that one and say, hey, I just got through listening to episode you know, 125. Uh, you know thanks for this one, or hey, I had a question about this. I mean that's always uh, always g- uh, great to hear that. Or you can always connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, speaking of Facebook, make sure that you go check out the Facebook group, uh, uh, A more self-reliant life. Uh, you can get to it from the prepper website, podcast.com, uh website there is a a, on the menu bar there is a little link there and it'll take you right there and it's a group it's a private group and so you have to request to join and then when you get approved you come right right in there's a great group of people over there so uh, I'd love for you to come uh, check it out and uh, you can come and lurk a lot of people do lurk and uh, a lot of people do comment as well and so I'm really glad and really proud of what's going on over there so uh, again like always if you are uh, uh, looking for more preparedness information, come over to prepperwebsite.com. That's where we link uh, to uh, somewhere between 8 to 12 articles every single evening, 24 uh, 7. And so uh, you'll find tons of preparedness information there. And then I know I haven't mentioned this in a while, but if you, um, you know, a lot of people have asked me, hey, how can I support uh, the podcast? How can I support the website? I don't do Patreon and I don't take donations. Uh, one of the things I do ask is that if you want to support us, uh, if you make purchases through Amazon, if you would go through our Amazon link, uh, that would be uh, that would be a little blessing for us. It doesn't cost you any more money, but we do get a percentage regardless of what you buy. We do we do get a little percentage off of that, and so that's always very very helpful uh, when when we're talking about uh, you know uh, taking care of uh, the the needs of uh of the website and of the podcast and so uh any of the any of my websites uh prepper website the prepper website podcast or even uh ed that matters uh, any of those links the amazon links will take you over there and then you can uh you know whatever you make whatever purchase a little percentage comes to us so uh when you do that i do really appreciate that so with that choose to live a more self-reliant life choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind until tomorrow stay prepped and aware Peace.